Praise God. We, we got started this morning out of this chapter and really preached uh, about two-thirds, maybe three-fourths of the chapter and did just that. We, I told Brother Thomas, I said, I didn't have an outline this morning. I just, it just was not the way the Lord wanted me to preach. I just preached through this chapter. But many of you noticed in the preaching that we skipped a whole section out of the middle of the thing while we were going through and preaching about David and this battle that took place in Ziklag and how that the Amalekites came against Ziklag, which was owned by David. Matter of fact, the part that I didn't touch on is that Ziklag was a gift to David from the Philistines. And it had come as a gift to him from the king of Gath because the king of Gath, had he had earned his respect. That's especially interesting when you consider the fact that David had killed Goliath of Gath, and that's his big marker in his life. He kills Goliath of Gath, and the king of Gath gives a whole city to David after all of it's over with, and they become, the, become friends. And somehow or another, they are able to have an amiable relationship. That's amazing. But then this city that uh, has been given to him as part of his trust with this king of Gath uh, is taken and burned with fire by Amalek. And they did it after the third day, which of course has to do with their victory in the life of Christ. That is a likeness of salvation. And then the flesh coming in after you are saved and attacking you and trying to burn to the ground everything that's good in your life. Create division in your family, create problems in your home, defeat you at every turn and every corner. That is how Amalek works. We made mention this morning that he will not give you a honeymoon period. He'll not wait until you've made the adjustment. He'll not wait until you've got a few victories under your belt and allow you to feel good about yourself before he begins to attack. But he will attack right off the bat, immediately. And he's vicious and he is mean and he does not care what sort of a destruction that he brings in your life. And it's not all the devil. It is the devil, but it's not all the devil. It is the flesh, the world, and the devil. It's all of them. Satan comes against us. The world comes against us. And the flesh, the carnal nature comes against us. And you face a battle from without from Satan. And you face a battle from without, from the world. But you face a battle from within when it comes to this carnal man, this natural man. And you could run and hide from everybody and everything and the battle wouldn't stop because you carry one of those enemies with you everywhere you go. This old carnal nature is at enmity with God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. That's what the word of the Lord says. But we did talk about this morning how that the Lord gave them victory. And it began with a man who would not accept defeat. It began with a man who made up his mind. Hallelujah. It began with a man who encouraged himself in the Lord when the people turned against him and they wept until they could weep no more and they decided to throw rocks at David till he died. They sought to stone him, the scripture says. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He got stirred up. And when he got stirred up and asked God, should I fight Amalek and will I overcome him? The Lord said, you will fight him and you will overcome him. 
And if the Lord said, I'm going to fight him and I'm going to overcome him, that means if everybody and their grandmother decides to quit, I'm going to win. Because the Lord is going to give me the victory. And of course, we talked about those 600. There were 400 that went with him, 200 that were so tired, so weary, they could not make it beyond that river bank. And this morning we talked about how when God gave him the victory, that the Lord gave him all the victory. Because David fought, 600 families were, were rescued. Because David encouraged himself in the Lord, everybody got victory over the flesh. And even those back on wearied by Amalek who were left by the river bank, they were restored by the actions of the man who encouraged himself in God. But in the midst of all of this tonight, there is encapsulated inside of this a hinge to the story. The turning point takes place at the most unusual time and amongst and, and amidst the most unusual person. It does not turn. The story does not turn, or uh, the uh, the uh, a story does not uh, does not change its tenor here because of anything that you would anticipate. But rather, in verse eleven, it changes when they found an Egyptian. In the field. And that's where I want to begin tonight. And we'll finish up some of this from 1 Samuel chapter 30. Look at verse 11. The Bible says, And they found an Egyptian in the field, and brought him to David, and gave him bread, and he did eat. And they made him drink water. And they gave him two pieces, or gave him a piece of a cake of figs, and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him. For he had eaten no bread, nor drunk any water, three days and three nights. Anybody notice what happened that is very, very similar in verse number one? And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day. Anybody remember this morning what I said about that experience of the third day, the indicator of the third day? It is a sign of the life of Christ. It is the sign of the life of the Lord Jesus. There shall no sign be given unto you. That evil generation in Jesus' days said, There shall no sign be given unto you except that of the prophet Jonas. That is, he was in the belly of the well three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. Three days and three nights. They went three days in the wilderness, so to worship the Lord out of the land of Egypt from Pharaoh's sight. On the third day here in our passage, my friend Esther went in unto the king after the third day. The third day has to do with the resurrection. It has to do with the life of Christ. And this man, my friend, was utterly dead, as it were, my friend, in his in its imagery. Three days and three nights he had been separated from all sources of life. And David, the king, the anointed one of the Lord, said unto him, in verse number 13, To whom belongest thou, and whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite, and my master left me because three days agone I fell sick. We made an invasion upon the south on the Cherethites and upon the coast which belongeth unto Judah and upon the south of Caleb and we burned Ziklag with fire. Anybody remember this morning what had happened? Ziklag is David's city and it was burned with fire. Their wives and children were taken captives as hostages. This is what David is trying to resolve 
And he finds this man in the field that's sick unto death. And now he's fed him and he is interrogating him. And the man said, three days ago before I got sick, I helped burn a city to the ground back yonder called Ziklag. And everybody that was in it, they took captive. We did this. He's confessing to it. And David said unto him, canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master. And I will bring thee down to this company. And when he had brought him down, behold, there were spread abroad on all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil. That's where we were this morning. We skipped the verses I just read. That they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. We made mention this morning Amalek was reveling in the defeat, demise, destruction of God's people and their families. And David smote them from the twilight even, of the, even into the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. We said it this morning. He smote them day and night. He smote them till all were defeated. He smote them till they all ran off. Amen. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away and rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them. Neither was small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoiled nor anything that had taken uh, that they had taken to them. David recovered all. And David took all the flocks and the herds which were which they drave before those other cattle and said, This is David's spoil. Now I want to go back to this Egyptian tonight. And just for a little while, the remainder part of the message this evening, talk about this Egyptian. The Bible said they found an Egyptian in the field. The field is a likeness of this old world that we live in. And they found a man in the field who is an Egyptian. By nature being an Egyptian, that means he is a person of the world. Uh, Egypt in your Bible is always a type of the world. It's always a type of worldliness or the world system. Pharaoh is the king of Egypt. Egypt oppressed God's people in the Old Testament. And they are a type or a likeness of the world. And this man is an Egyptian. He is a product of the world system. He belongs to the world. And he's in the field. That is, he's out in the world. He belongs to the world. He belongs in the world. And he is in the world. And my friend, not only that, the Bible said that he belonged to, that he was an Egyptian and that he had gotten sick and that he didn't have anything to eat or to drink. But when they found him, he was almost dead. And David asked him two specific questions in verse 13. They brought him unto David. David is the king. David is the authority. David is God's anointed man. He is in this account a likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the king. Matter of fact, Jesus is often called the son of David. And that is because he's of the lineage and of the household of David. He was born in Bethlehem because that's where that uh, there that uh, Joseph and Mary went because they were of the lineage and of the household of David. David is a likeness of the Lord Jesus. And he asked that Egyptian in verse number 13 two specific questions. Notice your Bibles tonight. It said, to whom belongest thou? That's question number one. Question number two, and whence art thou? 
to whom belongest thou and whence art thou? Who do you belong to? And I know you're not supposed to end a sentence with a preposition or is that right? You're not supposed to end a sentence with a preposition but tonight we understand those things better when we don't say them right sometimes. Who do you belong to and where did you come from? Amen. To whom belongest thou and whence art thou? Who do you belong to and where did you come from? And he admits to it. He gives his answer to the question of his origin and identity. He said, I am an Egyptian. That is my identity. I identify with Egypt. I identify with the world. I identify with the world system. I want to tell you that is where every lost, condemned person is tonight. Every person who's never been born again, we are born into this world, worldlings, identifying with Egypt, identifying with the world, identifying with the world system, serving the world, serving Pharaoh, serving the way that the world lives and how they conduct their lives. Lost, condemned, dead in trespasses and sin, knowing not the way of the right, knowing not the way of God, knowing not how to please the Lord, knowing not how to live for God. All this young man had ever known was an Egyptian worldview, an Egyptian mindset, an Egyptian world system. And every lost person, that's what they know. And my friend, they don't think right, they don't talk right, they don't walk right, and they are not right. Amen. And they're Egyptian in their heritage. Egyptian. You know why this boy was an Egyptian because his mama was an Egyptian and his daddy was an Egyptian. Are you listening to me tonight? And the same reason why we are worldly people are born in this same as sinners by birth. Amen. And we're born conceived in sin and then not only by birth but also by practice. As surely as mom and dad had been worldly in their nature as so also have we been. I am an Egyptian he confesses concerning his origin and identity I am an Egyptian and then he deals with his ownership to whom belongest thou and whence art thou he said I belonged to an Amalekite I am the possession of an Amalekite oh I mentioned this morning that Amalek is a likeness of the flesh that Amalek is a, a picture of the carnal man this young man said I I am a product of the world and I belong to or I'm a slave to the flesh. Every lost, condemned person, that's where they are. A slave to the flesh. A slave to the natural man. A slave to the carnal man. I turn over good leaves. A new leaves became I seem to continue in it. I want to do better. Can't do better. I cannot seem to get my mind right because I'm not right. I cannot think right because I'm not like Christ. I cannot be like Christ because I walk in the flesh I cannot be a spirit filled man listen to me there are no spirit filled lost people are you listening tonight there are no spirit filled unbelievers there is nobody who's lost that walks in the spirit they that walk in the spirit do not fulfill the lust of the flesh but my friend lost people can't walk in the spirit because they have not the spirit of God in them and if you don't have the spirit of God in you, you are none of his. Amen. Oh, my friends, saved people can because we are different. We are not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. But every lost person is of 
bondage and he is a slave to Amalek. He is a slave to the carnal man. He's a slave to who he is in himself. He's a slave to the life that he's led. He's a slave, my friend, to his record and to his nature. And not only do I see his identity and his possession, but I see, my friend, that he's identified as an Egyptian. He's possessed by Amalek. But I also notice his treatment. He said, I have been used up. You see, I helped them set fire to Ziglag. I helped them make an invasion upon the south of the Cherethites. I helped them when they attacked Judah. Oh, but he said three days ago, I fell sick. I fell sick. And he said, my master left me, according to verse number 13, my master left me in the field because three days ago I fell sick. And my friend, the Bible said that he had nothing to eat and nothing to drink. According to verse number 11, for three days. You know what the Egyptian world did? They forgot God about him when he couldn't help him anymore. When he was of no use to them, they threw him out. When he could not serve their purposes, they tossed him out. When he got sick, they threw him away. They left him on the roadside to die. They left him in the field, in the world. They left him there to die because he was not useful to them. When there's no more money in your pocket, when there's no more gas in the tank, when you can't do anything for anybody else, and they will leave you high and dry. And this old world will chew you up, use you up, spit you out. And they do not care. And listen, we find out later on in this verse of Scripture, and down in verse number 16, and while that boy was dying in the field, while that Egyptian slave of the Amalekite was dying in the field without a, a morsel of bread, without a drink of water, that his master and all of his buddies were partying and up and having a big time and they didn't even have him on their mind he didn't cross their mind they did not care oh David said in one of his psalms I looked on my right hand and no man cared about me I looked on my left and no man cared about my soul that's the way this whole world does they do not care the Egyptian world will use you up and then throw you out amen they'll waste you up my friend and your energies and then they'll throw you away oh but old David when they found him in the field an Egyptian a servant to an Amalekite a man of the world a man of the flesh a man who had been an enemy to David a man who was opposed to the anointed one a man who was against God's king when David's men found him it didn't just wasn't just David when David's men found him you know what they did with their enemy they fed him you know what they did with their enemy. They gave him to drink. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know why David's men did this? Because they are not like Amalek. They're not like that old carnal world. They are not like Egypt. There's a different difference between us and them. The difference is not because we're good, but there is a difference by friend and who we belong to. There is a difference in where we're from I'm from Canaan I belong to God I don't live like this old Egyptian world that's enslaved to Amalek and when my enemy hunger 
thirst, I feed him. When he thirsts, I give him a drink. Praise God. The reason why many of you are saved tonight is because when Egypt used you up, when Amalek threw you out, as somebody that loved God, I gave you bread when you were hungry, gave you water when you were thirsty, showed you love when you didn't think nobody could love you. And they loved on you when you didn't love yourself. They prayed for you when you wouldn't pray for yourself. They wouldn't give up on you when you gave up on yourself. And you know why they do that? Because we're not like them. There's something different is in us that makes us do differently than what they do. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know what God's people do? Those that serve the king. And my friend, they go in the highways and the hedges and they find the halt and the withered and the lame and they compel them to come in that the house may be full. Hey, thank God this pleases a king. When we stand before the Lord one of these days, he'll say unto those that when he was hungered, they, th- they gave him food. When he was thirsty, they gave him a drink. When he was in prison, they visited him. When he was naked, they clothed him. He'll say, come on in. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Hallelujah. Praise God. Bless his name. And we do this because we're servants of the king. Woo! Hallelujah. These men who fed him are the same men whose houses he burned. How about that? But so-and-so's done me wrong. That's not why we treat people the way they do because they did us right. We don't, uh, my friend, return in kind what others have done unto us. We do unto others as we would have them do unto us. You know why? Not because that's in our nature. It's in our nature to be like the Egyptians. It's in our nature to be like the Amalekites. Uh, But my friend, it's in our spirit where the Holy Ghost dwells. Uh, And my friend, too, uh, and not render evil for evil. And my friend, to love our enemies. To pray for them that despitefully use you. Amen. To bless them that curse you and persecute you. Hey. And then to rejoice. That's just counted worthy to be treated as the old scouring of this whole world. And that Christ might receive the glory. Oh, bless his dear name. And that they picked up this Egyptian in that Amalekite field. And they fed him and they gave him a drink. And they nourished him to health. And not only did they do that, they gave him a cluster of feeds. Amen. Brother Randy, they could have given him food as far as bread and water. And it would, have, it would have given him the nourishment that he needed to get back to health. But they said it's not enough for us just to give him something. We're not just going to feed him sawdust and cardboard and make him drink muddy creek water. How are we going to put something sweet in his life? Amen. Are you listening to me tonight? Have something sweet. Have something that lets him know we care about him. It's not just because you're sick. I mean, it's because we care. It's because we want to. Hell, it's because we love you for who you are. We don't love 
what you've done. We don't love who how you have been. We don't know how love your behavior. But we sure do love that man on the inside. And we're going to give you something sweet to let you know about it. A cluster of figs. A cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. Hallelujah. And when he had eaten that, his spirit came again to him. <laughs> Hallelujah. For he had not eaten any bread or drunk any water three days and three nights. And he found out when he thought he was dead. When he thought that sin had spit him out. When he thought the flesh had wasted him forever. He found out there was life in the king and the king's men. Hallelujah. And not only have my friend and his spirit revive in him. Oh, that is the likeness, by the way, of a dead man. Of being brought to the awareness of his deadness. Of dead and trespasses and sins. You hath he quickened the third day's resurrection. Hallelujah. That then these servants of the king brought him to the king. Praise God for the day that I realized how that I was an Egyptian, a lost man serving the flesh, and somebody fed me and gave me a drink, and then they brought me to see the king. They introduced me to the king. They showed me the anointed one. Woo! And my life will never be the same because somebody found me when I was as sick as I could get, as dead as I could get, as lost as I could be, and my finished gone is what I could be, and they brought me to the king, they introduced me to a man who could change my life, and my friend they showed me that things did not have to be as they had been, I didn't have to die the same way I lived, there wasn't a matter I'm somewhere or another jealous over it all. But praise God, he was going to lose his possession for the king of Israel. The king of God's army was going to bring him in. Hallelujah. When they brought this man before King David, he was afraid that the king was going to kill him. You imagine? It's his law you've broken. Are you listening to me tonight? It's his city you have burned. It is his family that you have mistreated. (laughs) It is his heart that you have wounded. Amen. His burden is because of you. (laughs) And now... When you are sick and certainly can't defend yourself, when you've realized how weak and helpless and frail and useless and sorry that you are, when your own master in the world don't even want you and have thrown you away to die, you've been brought before this king who you have broken his law and burned his city and bruised his heart. And surely, friend, in such a case, you'd expect him to take out the sword of wrath and saw your head off and finds you guilty and sentence you to death. Praise God, that's where I was when conviction fell on my life and aroused God and brought me before that judgment bar and found me guilty and realized I'm an Egyptian. I belong to Amalek. I've broken God's law and his heart and he's angry with my sin. All the day long, amen. Oh, surely I expected God to kill me that night. 
My heart beat a thousand beats a minute. I trembled all over, under conviction, nervous and afraid. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. The man of God preaching that night said, if you'd just bow your head and ask the Lord to forgive you, he'd forgive you all your sin. And I thought, surely not. Woo! If you'd have asked me before that, I'd have said, I don't need forgiveness. I'm doing better than most of them folks at the church are anyhow. And God would be getting a pretty good deal if he got somebody like me. But by the time Holy Ghost conviction got done, I wondered how in the world the Lord could save somebody. As sorry and no count as what I was. And the man of God said, if you'll bow your head and call on the king, he'll forgive you of all your sin. And my friend had frightened me. And he said, come on, come to the altar. I'm my friend, the choir singing just as I am without one plea. The fact that blood was shed for me. Oh, my friend, and I knelt that night and put my head in the seat of a folding metal chair and asked God to save my never dying soul. Forgive me of all of my sin. Make me right in His sight. I was afraid. I was scared. But praise God, He took me in. Put His arms around me safely in the fold. He brought me in And from now on I'll sing forever To the Savior who took me in Oh bless his name And now I'm no longer an orphan As someone has rescued me Praise God Hallelujah And Jesus brought me in Amen Everybody who's ever been saved Can relate to this Egyptian in the field It's where we all were where we all were. Look what a look what an invitation was given. Hallelujah. By the way, he started making confession as soon as what is brought before the king. Amen. <laughs> we made an invasion. He didn't say they. We, he's only his own guilt. It's not everybody else is a sinner. It's me that's a sinner. It's not everybody else is guilty. It's me that's guilty. It's not everybody else has done wrong. It's I have done wrong. We, he owned it. We made an invasion. He said in verse number 14, we burned sick like with fire. He admitted his guilt. Have my friend thank God. When he admitted his guilt to the king, the king didn't scream off with his head. Have my friend, he gave him an invitation if he'd have it to change sides. Amen. Are you listening? An invitation to change sides. Verse number 15 and David said unto him, Canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me to the hands of my master and I'll bring thee down to this company. It is, my friend, an invitation. You sick boy. That's an invitation to climb on one of my horses to ride with my soldiers and to get into my army. You'll no longer be a slave to Amalek. You'll no longer be as an Egyptian sick in the field. You'll no longer be a servant of the flesh. But you can ride with a king. You can join up with us. Praise God for the night when the Lord let me know that I could change sides. Amen. And I sided up with God against myself and against my past and against who I used to be. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I set aside the guards of an Amalekite 
slave and put on the soldier's army. My friend, put on the soldier's uniform. And now I am a Christian. I am a soldier fighting in the army of our God. And I say, bless the Lord forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And notice what the boy says. He gets an invitation to change sides. He says, I'll do it. But I want you to promise me a couple of things. He's not in a position to negotiate. Amen. But what he asked for is not out of the will of the king. He's not in the position to demand anything. But he asked in agreement with the will of the king. Are you listening to me tonight? And this is the confidence we have in him. That if we ask anything in his will, he hears us and we have the petition that we've desired of him. Oh, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He's not in a position to negotiate. But what he asked for was in the will of the king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he only asked for two things. Amen. He didn't say, if you give me the best uniform you've got, the finest marching horse, I want a Tennessee walker that stands yet so many hands high. He didn't say, if I've always got food in my belly and something to drink and a place to live and a roof over my head. He's taking sides with a man whose city's burned to the ground. You know what he said? Just tell me two things. Promise me two things. Number one, promise me you won't kill me. <laughs> oh my. Promise me that you won't get mad at what I've done and to kill me. Oh, you're listening to me tonight. The Lord's not angry at you. If you're in sin, God's not mad and won't to kill you. He wants to forgive. He wants to save. He wants to deliver. He's asking in the will of God. He didn't come to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. He's asking in agreement with the will of the king. Don't kill me. By the way, I got another sermon for you. This is the parenthetical sermon. It's only here inside the parentheses for just a minute and we may preach the whole thing later on. Hosea chapter 14. I'm not going to tell you the story of Hosea. That's a whole hour and a half worth of preaching by itself. Hosea chapter 14. That's the last chapter. God tells the people of Israel who have committed great whoredoms against the Lord, committed abominations. If you don't know the story of Hosea, read it. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Haven't they had to sin against God and had committed spiritual adultery. But you know what he said to them in chapter 14 and in verse number 2 he said take with you words. Take words with you. It's a chapter that talks about how to make peace with God. And surely someone thought if we could bring him rams or lambs or if we could bring calves or heifers or turtle doves how we can make peace with God. But God said bring words to me. I I want to hear words. Oh, thank God. Aren't you thankful for the night when God said words are what I'm looking for? And confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart God's raising from the dead. And thou shalt be saved. For whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I mean, take words with you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. At Hosea 14 and 2, if you haven't read that in a while, you ought to take a trip down through there a little bit tonight. Not while I'm preaching, but when you get home. 
He said, promise me two things. Promise me you're not going to kill me. It's a pretty big thing. And he said, the second thing, promise me you're not going to send me back where I came from. (laughs) Promise me that you're not going to send me back to Amalek. Promise me that if I serve you, I don't ever have to serve Amalek again. Promise me that if I ride in your army, I don't ever have to be subject to Amalek again. Amalek is the flesh. Are you listening to me? The king said, I'll make that promise. Oh, hear me tonight. If God has saved your soul, not only is he not going to kill you, we have everlasting eternal life, but he's not going to sell you back after the old flesh. I praise God. We have victory over this old Adamic nature and this old sinful carnal man. We can have victory over this fellow. Praise God. All that the Father giveth to me shall come unto me and he that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast him out. I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to throw you out and I'm not going to send you back. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? If you're saved by God's grace, that ought to make you want to jump a foot high and run a country mile. That he found us where he did. That he's not going to kill us. Matter of fact, he won't even let us die. He's not going to kill us. He's not going to sell us. He bought us and paid everything heaven has. A value to have our souls. Amen. He redeemed me from the slave block of sin. Praise God for Hosea. And I can't preach her tonight. I praise God that Hosea bought her of the slave block of sin. He bought her for 15 pieces of silver. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, some of you have no idea why that's so good. 15 pieces of silver is high price. Amen. The common price of a slave was 30 pieces. Are you listening? They sold Joseph for 30 pieces. Praise God. Are you listening to me? She was so used up and worn out and so far gone. She was on a high price sale. And my friend Jose, her own husband, bought her high price. People said she's not even worth it. No need to buy her. I wouldn't give anything for her. Oh, but Hosea bought her. God said he's like me. Gomer's like you. Why don't you bring words to me? I'll forgive all your sin. Why don't you bring words to me? I'll never sell you back out. Why don't you bring words to me? I'll never send you back where you came from. Hallelujah. 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 That crowd that says I would get saved if I could live it ought to hear what I'm preaching tonight. He'll never send you back where you came from. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, I preached this morning that the saved people are going to battle the flesh. The difference in us and them is the Egyptian was fighting in agreement with the flesh against the spiritual ones. Amen. Hallelujah. We're still fighting the battle, but we've changed sides. 
Amen. We are no longer fighting with the flesh, but against the flesh. We're no longer fighting against the Lord, but with the Lord. Amen. We're no longer fighting against the king, but we're riding in his army. Hallelujah. Just promise me you won't kill me, and you won't send me back where I came from, and I'll ride with you. Hallelujah. This morning I talked about those 200 by the river. I've been studying. Y'all don't know this. I've been studying this chapter since October. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the Lord's been helping me. And now I've tried to preach out of it. I just haven't been able to do nothing with it. But God's been helping me this weekend with it. Amen. And I preached about those 200 this morning that stood by the river. And how they got to share in the spoils of war. And how the king saluted them. Even though they hadn't done everything the way they ought to. That's just worn out and weary and couldn't go on another step. And it felt like they're so tired they couldn't make it. Why, when this Egyptian got like that, Amalek threw him out. But when these 200 soldiers got so tired they couldn't go, the king said, let them rest. And whenever he got the victory, he came back and saluted them. Amen. Oh, he'll treat you different than what this old world will. He won't throw you out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And not only did he salute the 200 and share the spoils of war with them, but all the men who rode with him. Are you listening to me? All the men who rode with him shared in the spoils of war. Amen. And nothing, he says, I believe it's verse 18 or so. Nothing was lacking unto them. Not a thing. They weren't short anything. Anything. And by the way, you know who was riding with them by that point? An Egyptian servant to an Amalekite that they found nearly dead out in the field. Oh, you know what that tells me, Brother Rob? He had nothing lacking. He shared the spoils of war. You know why? He changed size. He changed sides. He changed sides. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This battle didn't last but four and a half days. Amen. And if it had waited four days to change sides, it would have been with that crowd that either got killed in those verses or that was run out of town on them camels. Amen. If he hadn't have died in the field before it ever got there. Amen. Oh, yes. But because he changed sides and he changed just in time, he rode in there on the horse of victory and he rode out of town. My friend with the king, are you listening to me tonight? I'm saying praise God. He saved me just in time. He brought me into his family just in time. I got in just in time. And praise God. When the victory's done, I'm riding out of here. I'm riding out of here with the king. Amen. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown in the new Jerusalem. Wear a crown, wear a crown. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 
I'm glad I got in just in time. <laughs> Woo! I could be dead in the field tonight. I could, my friend, be down there burning up. Oh, listen to me with the enemy tonight. I could be still on the opposite side with the king's wrath and vengeance against me. But praise God, I changed sides at his invitation just in time. And now I'll never be that person again. Hallelujah. And tonight I have victory over the flesh, the world, and the devil because the king brought me in. Oh, and I'm so glad he found me, put his arms around me. In love, he bound me. Woo! Bless his name. Hallelujah. I belong to him. Hallelujah. And tonight I'll answer very differently. I'm not an Egyptian. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am a Christian. I don't belong to Amalek. Are you listening to me tonight? I belong to the one who bought me off the slave block and paid for me when the world said I wasn't worth that price. Oh, bless his name. I'm not fighting in the battle of this old world against God and right, but I'm fighting for the truth and the right. I say tonight, thank God that with the old timer, I'm not again him, I'm for him. Amen. I'm for the Lord. I'm enlisted in the fight for the cause of truth and right. Praise God, I'm on the winning side. Now I'll never have a fear for my Lord is ever near. And in him so often I confide. He's a keeper of my soul. Woo! Since I gave him full control. And he placed me on the winning side. I'm glad I changed sides just in time. Just in time. Hallelujah. Now let me give you an illustration that didn't come out of anybody else's book. This is where life is. My mother was born, some of y'all know this, my mother was born in Hanau, Germany. My grandmother grew up there throughout the Second World War. She knew what it was to push her crippled mother around in a wheelbarrow from one bombshell to the next every time the sirens would go off and the bombs would come falling out of the sky. She knew what it was to watch her 16-year-old brother be conscripted into the military and watch him march off to war with full expectation that their, that their brother, little boy, would never come back again. Very likely would die either on the wrong side, my friend, of a, on the wrong side of a bomb or a bayonet or a bullet, expecting for sure that he would die. They knew what it was to wonder day after day after day if their daddy would ever come back home again fighting in the battle against my friend, the Allied forces. And they were on the wrong side of history and on the wrong side of the war. I'm marching in a Nazi uniform. I'm marching my friend with their feet kicked up this way. Throwing their hand up. And saluting that old monster with half a mustache. I'm my friend on the stage. While the war, a world shook with war. And the continents rattled with bombs. Oh, my friend. But somewhere another about halfway through the war that little great granddaddy of mine about 
legs as tall had the courage to swap sides and he went to work for the Americans and fought behind the scenes and my friend and he got on the right side and when the whole thing was done praise God hallelujah he got his whole family to freedom on the west side of the Berlin Wall two of his girls married American soldier boys and he left out of this world of peace in his heart that had done the right thing you know why don't you he changed sides just in time he swapped allegiances just in time oh tonight there's a war going on for your soul and today tonight now may be a last chance you better change sides while you can just in time I'm glad he saved me and I changed sides just in time hallelujah hallelujah I'm finished preaching tonight I ain't got done but I'm wore out hallelujah hallelujah and the battle's not over but I am on the right side now hallelujah praise God oh bless his name I hadn't quit fighting but I'm on the right side I hadn't given in but I'm on the right side oh the strife is not over but my general treats me quite different than the one I used to march with amen oh praise his dear name hallelujah oh hallelujah friend amen and we're gonna win in this thing we're going to win. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I'm so glad he saved me when he did. Saul in chapter 31 of the first Samuel runs out of will to live. He gives up on his own life. He begs to die and thrusts himself through with a sword. Dies because it gave up and it all started back in chapter 16 when he would not fight chapter 15 when he would not fight Amalek he left the things of God and he sided with the world sided with the flesh praise God for the young man who showed us that you can change sides from the other way you can leave the Egyptian army you can leave the service of Amalek And you can side with the king of the ages. Hallelujah. Tonight, if you've never been saved, now's the time to change sides. And if you're in the battle for the Lord and right, keep on the firing line. Amen. If you've never been born again tonight, the king's not wanting to kill you. He's wanting to save you. Everybody stand. Preach what God's put on my heart this evening. I don't know when I've had a chapter of the Word of God that's got a hold of me the way this one has the last several months. I don't know when I've had one I've battled so hard to try to put something together to preach on it. But tonight I've tried to share with you what God's put on my heart just out of these verses. Oh, but tonight if the Holy Spirit's touched your heart, I'd ask you to come. Sing for us whenever you're ready. I've tried to be obedient to the Lord. Now it's up to you what you'll do. 
Just an old reflected relic on the auction block. They decided to throw me away. The auctioneer asked the Lord. The room was quiet and still. suffered and died behind the Iron Curtain as many of those who fought in the German army did at the hands of Stalin after the war. Would they even have lived? Because he changed sides when he did. We're able to stand and salute that flag right there. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful to be able to do it. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, but because I changed sides when I did. <laughs> I'm able to stand and salute that flag right there. Woo! <laughs> and I'm so thankful that I can. Hallelujah. Anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? Hallelujah. If you obeyed the Lord this evening, done with the Holy Ghost and have you to do in this meeting. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. ain't going to send me back, don't you? Because I'm his. Amen. When Tessa was born, I was a little bitty fella and uh, staying with my grandparents. And <clears throat> back then, we didn't know, you know, whether they just have boys or girls. We just knew it was a baby coming. We didn't, didn't have a pretty good idea to be human. We didn't know if it'd be a boy or a girl. They called the house grandparents and they put me on the phone my mom and daddy was on the other end of the phone says guess what son says we got you a brand new baby sister I said I don't want a sister what does a boy want with a sister they're not any good for anything send her back send her back cause I don't want her my mama said we can't send her back because she's ours. Hallelujah. <laughs> Anybody listening? <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, just don't kill me. Don't sell me back to that man I come from. Don't have to worry about that. Don't have to worry about that. I'm not going to send you back because you're ours. Amen. Hallelujah. You obeyed the Lord tonight. Well, it's good to be saved, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Riding out of here with the King. Hallelujah. My soul. If y'all knew I hadn't preached a third of what I've seen in this chapter in the last few months. Praise God. And somebody ought to read the book of Hosea tonight before you go to bed. It's only 14 chapters. You can read it in about 45 minutes or less. I mean, if you're a slow reader like me, you can read it 45 minutes. Slow like I am. It's wonderful. Well... I know I needed to scratch a preacher's itch. I'm not going to get to preach much in the future. Y'all pray for us this week. I'll be in North Wilkesboro, North Carolina, 
this week and uh, then as far as I know we got I've got meetings at least some of them's one night meetings praise the Lord for the one nighters and for the all weekers some of them's one night meetings and some of them's all weekers and whatever else but the rest of the month of April and on into May and uh, I try not to get them back to back if they're out of town I, matter of fact I don't really probably need them back to back if they're in town to tell you the truth but um, this time of year I hate to tell folks no and I'm thankful for the Lord using us and I sincerely want you to pray for us hallelujah and I want to say this evening I hadn't got tired of telling the story amen amen and I told Gracie before we left home this morning, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen.